No Dunks is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real-time from thousands of trusted sellers, they are able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. And at this point, you guys know... It's not just sports tickets. It's everything tickets. For instance, for me, it was Gus Dapperton. I love his Teen Pop styling skeets. Of course, you love the smooth country crooning of the Tritty Man, Travis Tritley. Everybody knows you're a big Elton John fan and Tass. You must be pumped this week to see Cannibal Corpse at the Masquerade on Tuesday. Hammer smashed face in person. You got to be raging, bro. Whoa. People are dying on stage. You sound like the corpse grinder himself, but if you want to see Cannibal Corpse on Tuesday, just wait, because the GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store today and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60%. Oh. The game, fabulous. The outcome, fabulous. Wearing the pants, I'm not so sure yet. <laughs> Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. Happy Monday, short week, who cares? I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. What's up, Tass? we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm. And making the magic happen live from beautiful Bowmanville, Ontario, it's JD. How about those bombers, eh? Oh, the <laughs> Winnipeg Blue Bombers winning the Grey Cup for the first time since 1990 and that man finally put on pants. You know JD's wearing <laughs> shorts. You got that right. Um, yes, the great cup this weekend and also JD you got out of the house we saw on Instagram went and saw a comedy show. I did. James Adomi in a comedy bar. What a great room. What a great comic. It was awesome. Awesome stuff. Guys, follow us on social media, both Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash no dunks inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email us your NBA questions and comments to no dunks at theathletic.com. American Thanksgiving on Thursday, but that's not going to stop us from stepping on the beach later this week. So get your questions and your comments in right now for that mailbag only podcast. Here's how this week actually is going to shape up here, guys. Daily show, of course. Today, Monday through Wednesday, and later today, a little bonus podcast we're going to do. We're going to specifically discuss the NBA's proposed schedule changes that dropped on the weekend, uh, Woj and Zach Lowe. There's a lot to unpack with that, and we figure we make that its own podcast because we got winners and losers here on Monday. Otherwise, this thing would be two, two and a half hours long. And some people just hate schedule talk. And maybe, so, hey, maybe. if you're a schedule lover, go get it. Yeah, so we'll do that later <laughs> today on Monday, so keep your eyes and your ears on the No Dunks podcast feed. We'll drop that Beach Steppin' podcast, the mailbag-only podcast. We'll probably drop that on Thursday. So maybe some of you traveling to see family, driving flights, whatever. Maybe you're just like, you just get bored of your family at that point, you know, later in the day. That'll be there for you. That will be on Thursday. And fingers crossed, I I don't want to give it away because we're not 100% locked in yet, but hopefully we'll have another little bonus podcast for you on Friday. So for your trip back from wherever you are, for all you Americans at least. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, Canadians are like, what's the big deal? Just drop the podcast. I mean, I'm at work this week. We did Thanksgiving a month ago. Let's keep, what's the holdup with you <laughs> the Americans? Thanksgiving before it was way cool. You yeah, know, that's get right. in early. I like that. That's right. So that, again, that's sort of the breakdown. But get your questions in for the, uh, for the mailbag-only podcast, uh, no dunks at theathletic.com, and uh, you can hashtag no dunks or at no dunks inc on Twitter. If you have specific like Thanksgiving questions as well, Send them in. Send them in. I'm sure that's uh, where we'll be tackling those. But Monday show, winners and losers of the NBA weekend. Let's start with the winners. Who's got the biggest winner of the weekend? I'll start us off. The Philadelphia 76ers. It wasn't the type of game that got them this W in the uh, winners and losers category, but it was the revenge factor. Jimmy Butler came to town on Saturday. Former 76er Jimmy Butler playing his first game in Philadelphia. It felt like... He had been a Philadelphia 76er forever <laughs> with the amount that we talked about him yeah. in Philly. He was there for less than a season, but he comes with the Miami Heat after parting ways this offseason where he said something happened. I'm not going to tell you what happened, but something <laughs> happened. Some, something did happen. I can't tell you. I can't tell you, but it's obvious something did happen. And uh, Michael Lee of The Athletic has even more on that story this, from this past weekend. Does it really expand on it? Not so much. It's just more Jimmy and Josh Richardson, who had a great game on Saturday night. The Sixers pounded, pounded, pounded Jimmy Butler 
41 points they led by at, at one point. It was a destruction, and we talked about it on the uh, the One Month In podcast, Trey and I, going back on our Joel Embiid for MVP talk. You're back. No, I'm not <laughs> back. I'm not back, but, I, I, you know, it's, it's great to see the starting five of the Philadelphia 76ers when they're together because they haven't had a lot of minutes with Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Josh Richardson, and Al Horford. They played together, and it was great to see Josh Richardson have his best game as a Philadelphia 76er against his old team. Is that a coincidence? Probably not, but he scores 32. Tobias Harris shooting a little better. Still not great from three-point land, which is a worry. Ben Simmons not shooting threes anymore. But (laughs) they were ready to destroy Jimmy Butler. And, uh, yeah, they won on Friday, but who cares? It's a 2-0 weekend, and they they feel like they're coming around a little bit. Even though I said that on Thursday, I'm worried about their offense. It does look better when they're all healthy, that's for sure. Jimmy Butler played 55 games with Philadelphia and had a reasonably successful playoff run until that Kawhi shot. Yeah. What could have possibly happened in that short time for them to be so, you know, motivated to go out there and get a win? Sometimes you see, you know, when a guy's been at a team for a long time, like Kevin Durant, when he went to the Warriors, when he goes back to OKC... The, you yeah, know, there's like a history, exactly. real, real tangible exactly. history. But you're right; it's like Jimmy, Jimmy was, was like there for five minutes, you know, a cup of coffee, <laughs> as they say in the NBA. And uh, but apparently that was enough for the Sixers <laughs> to be so motivated sure. uh, to go out there and, and really whoop his ass. And what is Jimmy talking about, too? What, that's the nothing, real thing. Nothing. He's not you don't think it's anything. anything he's manifested this well, in his head? Well, of course this, it's in his uh, head. That's exactly what it is, because if there was something real, he would have said it by now, surely. But he's, he's like, oh, something's happening. I'm just not going to say it, because he's like, how can I say it that doesn't actually look, make me look like maybe. the asshole? That's, well, that's well, what I think Well, he told Michael Lee that he likes being booed, so maybe yeah. he's just coming up with things to make it seem like, hey, when I come back, you got to boo me. Usually it works out for him. He likes to play against an uh, opposition that is really opposing him, but yeah. obviously not the case on Saturday. Well, the common refrain is that he got into it with Ben Simmons in, in, in some way, shape, or form. Right. Because Jimmy often gets into it with young players. And Michael Lee also pointed out that Ben Simmons said he refound his love for basketball this summer. So mm. did he fall out of love because Jimmy Butler was around or something to that effect? Because Jimmy got into it with every Chicago Bull. You know, the young guys specifically got into it with Andrew Wiggins, it sure seems like, in Minnesota. And, uh, and it's you know, possible, now, Ben yeah, Simmons. Yeah, yeah, now his fourth team in three years. It's the, it's the Jimmy Butler story. And somebody, <laughs> and there's going to be a reporter who writes everything down that Jimmy Butler says because he talks a lot. Um, and he, but he, he does love being in Miami, it sure seems like. 15 games in for them, they're 11 4. Things are going well. At some point, will we hear a story about things not going well with Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat, who he signed a long-term deal with? It's possible. Uh, but, yeah, the Sixers, who knows? It Was it the Sixers who didn't want to sign Jimmy Butler? Or was it the other way around? Jimmy didn't want to be around Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons didn't want to be around Jimmy. Uh, but it is strange. They had a great run. Now, you know, Lee, that was, that was a really good run for them. Yeah. You know, to get to the seventh game of the second round, um, it, it's, it's odd that it doesn't work out where Jimmy says, like, I'm, I could play with Joel Embiid. You know what? Nah. I'm going to go wear shorts in Miami and be like the Blue Bomber Man and, and feel good and be, the, <laughs> and be the lead guy with less talent. That, that's the sort of the, the odd thing. But now he definitely is the guy, and he wasn't in Philadelphia. I, I think you're fine with Jimmy Butler on your team as long as you don't have a number one draft pick, mm-hmm. right? Because Jimmy doesn't, like, he, he, he wants to, to roll with the underdogs. He wants to third roll. Stringers. Yeah, really. I mean, because he played with Derrick Rose. No, not that I think he really got into it with Derrick Rose, but it just helps my... Uh... Oh, everybody in Chicago thinks they did. Okay. It's got to be a Jimmy team or a Derrick team. Okay, okay. Well, Derrick Rose, and then, of course, Andrew Wiggins uh, right there, and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, exactly. And then Ben Simmons as a number one pick as well. You're fine. You're fine on the heat. You, we don't, you don't have that. So you know, you know it's Jimmy's team, and you've got all these sort of scrappy, uh, maybe guys that slipped a little bit in, in the draft, or they feel uh, you know a little wronged, like a Tyler Hero, obviously, again. None being completely overlooked. That's good. That's perfect uh, for a Jimmy Butler team. They hit some threes, the Philadelphia 76ers did, and uh, that's, that's the main question mark with yeah. this team. Can they shoot? And Josh Richardson came out and, and shot the lights out, who was an underdog himself. I'm sure Jimmy Butler would have loved playing with a second-round draft pick uh, in Josh Richardson, but he is sort of he's the key to unlock things along with Tobias Harris. Those, those two dudes have to shoot, and uh, they're coming around a little bit. I know uh, I wasn't excited to see after they started five. No, they got down to seven and five, but I believe they won four in a row now and sit at eleven and five. Yeah, four in a row. Three of those wins: Cavs, Knicks, and Spurs. Teams that are struggling, but if you're going to win fifty something games, you got to beat the bad teams. So good on you. 
All right. Simo. Trey who, you, Trey, who you got for a winner of the weekend? Oh, Zach Levine, baby! <laughs> oh, yeah. But if we would have recorded this on Saturday, Zach Levine was a loser because <laughs> he got pulled three and a half minutes into the Bulls game. But Jim Galaxy Brain Boylan comes through because Zach Levine on Saturday against the Hornets, 49 points, 13 three-pointers, the most by any Chicago Bull, the most by any NBA player who doesn't play for the Golden State Warriors, and an incredible game winner. Thomas Sadoransky hits a three with about five seconds remaining, eight seconds remaining, something like that. Hornets inbound the ball. It's a turnover. Levine takes one dribble, two gigantic steps back, and then hits a fadeaway three to win the game. We were shaking our heads looking at the score when we were at the Fortress. Bulls are going to lose again to the Hornets. And then suddenly... The Bulls won? So then we're on House of Highlights, flipping through to see exactly what happened. And when you go back and watch it, the shots Levine was making were crazy. Like the fadeaway three to win it, at least he was open. Other ones, it was like he had a pump fake, the ball bobbled out of his hands, he still grabs it. Swish. A pull-up three from the logo, banked in for three. He did have a couple of wide-open threes from the corners. Uh, He played a really smart game. It seemed like the most team-focused game that Zach Levine had played. But uh, watching him go off in the fourth was insane. Uh, there, are, there are a few things I love more than being at a, an arena watching a basketball game, but then hearing or finding out something else is happening in another game, and then everybody like trying to scramble. What's happening like, here? What's going on? Why is Twitter going nuts? Uh, get the video and everybody passing it around, and that's exactly what Trey said we were doing. Like, sp- like special, especially the shot they hit. They get the steal. And then the hit, uh, the fadeaway there to win the game. The Bulls led by double digits and trailed by double digits, and they trailed <laughs> by oh, you know what, uh, eight points with like forty seconds to go, or whatever it was. And uh, oh, yeah. Levine just, I mean, thirteen for seventeen too. It's not like he went, no. you know, thirteen for twenty-eight or some crazy number. He just, he seemed to get hot and, and rode rode with it, uh, but. That I mean, that has to be up there for game of the season as well. I mean, we we, we sort of we've looked at like the Lakers and the Mavs. Pure you know. insanity. Yeah, yes. that's what I mean because yeah. the Hornets didn't play badly. It was just it was like a, a different level of crazy just kept on happening. Yeah. Um, but considering what did happen, as you mentioned, Trey, the night before, for him to come back and sort of clap back at his coach like that, it's like okay, so now what happens? What what happens when Levine starts off badly and he misses a defensive assignment early on in the next game? Does he get yanked or does he like? Follow <laughs> him. I mean, he kind of has to. Doesn't he? It's like it worked for him. Uh, but uh, did you see the clips going around too of uh, the Bulls players not really celebrating with Jim Boylan? Yeah. You see those? Yeah. <laughs> Even Ryan Archie Diacono didn't. If he's saying uh, no, things are bad. Uh, but yeah, maybe it's a double-edged sword. Maybe Zach Levine just saved Jim Boylan's job. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As, as oh, crazy. As four-time NBA champion and four and the <laughs> former Bulls legend Will Purdue said, he saved their ass. He did. He definitely, definitely saved their ass with that shot. Uh, but this Bulls team, man, it's just, you know. Well, they have six wins, and we had one where Kobe White had six threes in the fourth quarter. Yeah. We had another huge Kobe White fourth quarter. This obviously happened with Levine. That's half of their wins yeah. right there, but they're the never-say-die Bulls, baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, Back the in Hornets, playoff contention. The Hornets <laughs> scored 41 points in the fourth quarter <laughs> and lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. That's a tough pill to swallow right there. All right, so Zach Levine uh, slash Bull slash Boylan, baby, uh, as a winner of the weekend. Sort of. uh, Even I, my dad turned that game off. He's like, believe it. I turned it off down eight. Oh. Then woke Thelma up screaming when I looked at the score. Wow. <laughs> if Steve-O's dipping out, you know things are yeah, tough. Yeah. Poor Thelma. Crazy, crazy <laughs> stuff. Uh, winner of the weekend for me to the Clippers superstar dot, 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 bench. Yeah, not your Kawhis and your PGs. We know they're stars, but I'm giving love to the Clippers bench. This is crazy. They had two wins over the weekend, all right? Friday night, they beat the Rockets 122-119, the Clippers did. Sweet Lou Williams going going off. Going off late in the second half. Okay, we've seen that story before. It's incredible. It's, it, it honestly is truly amazing when that guy gets hot and gets rolling. And then on Sunday, they beat the Pelicans 134-109, thanks to Montrez Harrell matching his career high with 34 points to go with 12 boards off the bench. So here the Clippers are, you know, having won five straight now. They're 11-1 and one at home. They've played a ton of home games. They are like the Phoenix Suns here. They're about to go out on the road here, and we'll, and we'll really see them uh, tested a little bit more. But it's just amazing to me with, like, these two top, I don't know, you know, top 10, sometimes maybe top five players in the league in, in Kawhi and Paul George. It's these two other guys coming off the bench, and, yeah, they close games, so it is what it is. But... These guys, like, like Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell, who's having an incredible season. He's averaging 19-8 and, eight and like making 60% of his shots. 
and he's an unrestricted free agent next yeah. season. Great time for him to be showing out. He's going to get paid big because what I like about him is he does come off the bench and he plays that role so well. Runs hard, defends, blocks shots, gets around the rim and just makes easy baskets. And, so, and, you, and like defenses are like trap. You know, you're trying to get the ball out of Kawhi or Paul George's hand. You got to worry about Lou Williams for crying out loud. No one can leave him, so there's room to operate for a guy like Montrez Harrell, and like he's he's playing that role perfectly. Absolutely. And Doc Rivers is like, it's not just because Lou and him run a great pick and roll. He's doing these other things a little bit more, uh, a little bit better as well. And I agree. Pelicans were on the second night of a back to back, and there's few guys worse to see than Harrell because the effort yeah. is going to be there the entire time. So if you're a little bit tired, he's not going to be. He was just relentless getting to the rim, and like you're saying, his skills have developed. We saw him hit uh, Patrick Beverly in the corner for the three off the short roll earlier last week. That's a play that he wouldn't make two years right. ago. He was maybe playing ten minutes a game two years ago, and now he's going to be splitting votes with Lou Williams for six man of the year. Yeah, he, he deserves the talk about his skill set because that's an important role for a trait for an NBA player is to be able to get the ball at the free throw line and make passes, and now Kawhi can just chill a lot of the time playing with Lou Williams, and you see Kawhi Leonard still not 100%. He's still got a little bit of a limp out there. But he knows his body, and he's going to get to the postseason, and all hell is going to break loose. They've got an incredible team up and down the roster with a bench that can give them a lift. Landry Shamit still a key part for yeah. them uh, that needs to to return and and be it'd be better. Does he come off the bench? You know, he started the year as a starter, um, but it would make sense for him to come off the bench. I, I do believe now the way they've they've got it rolling. Uh, he's a great three point shooter. So they, they, up and down the roster, they are just so so good and. Before the game on Sunday, Lou Williams took the mic to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And as we heard earlier, Kawhi Leonard, when he grabbed the mic earlier this season, Kawhi Leonard grabbed the mic to talk to the fans, and he started by saying, hey, hey, hey. And Lou Williams did the exact same thing. They're already making fun of Kawhi Leonard. It smells like an NBA champion, like the Raptors making fun of Kawhi Leonard's laugh last year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're doing the same thing. These guys are, um, they're scary, man. They're so scary. And I am excited for Tuesday night to see whether Paul George and Kawhi or some combination of them can slow down one of your winners of the Mm -hmm. weekend, uh, Lili, in in Luka Doncic. What What an incredible run he is on right now, Doncic. He is just bawling. Every single time he gets on the floor, they go into Houston, a team that, you know, is a very good home team against James Harden. They love to play fast. And basically the Mavericks outrocket Houston by just scoring 137 points, led by Luka, 41 points on 29 shots. Uh, Porzingis was great, but Luka was in control of this game. Yeah, that's exactly it, it, right. It felt like when Luka was on the bench, the Mavs uh, bench when Luka was out was fine. But once Luca comes out, it's almost like, okay, now I'm just going to keep you guys at, uh, at arm's reach because it was down to about a five-point game there in the fourth quarter, and that's when James Harden can sort of get on one of his runs. But instead, it was Luca hitting crazy threes, step backs. Capella came out on a couple of times. He just takes it inside. He mixes up his game. He gets to the line. I mean, he is... He's. I, I don't, I've, I've sort of run out of superlatives to say because he just does it now. You better come up with him, man. This is his second year. We're going to for 15 more years. Well, we were talking Bowling. about uh, whether or not he would start in the All Star game because of the, the position he's listed at as a forward and there's competition at that role. The NBA is going to have to find a way he's, to make he's sure he's 100 percent starting. That's what I mean. They 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 they're going to have to do something because they can't have him coming off the bench. They'll make him. Uh, they'll just make him a guard. Don't make him a guard. Yeah, I mean, I guess and he, but he is a guard. I mean, that's the other. Yeah, part. that's the he crazy thing about it. But uh, I mean, what a what an incredible performance that was yesterday. But again, the, and the Mavericks quietly won five in a row, eleven and five right now. Yeah, they're, and they've got officially right now the best offense in NBA history right now. They're they're, they're uh, in the database. Exactly, yes, exactly. That's right. So you know, I mean, the Warriors had it last year. Who cares about that stuff? I mean, it's more about just seeing. This guy continued to, to live up to expectations. 34 when's he going to have a bad game here? Well, again, Monday, Tuesday, you said, yeah. against the Clippers. You think it's Beverly's going to get a go at him, probably. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. George and Kawhi, if both of if those guys play. play. So you figure that that's going to be a real battle for Doncic because no matter who's on him, someone is going to be a great defender and see how he handles it. Because uh, right now, it's very tough to see how anyone can slow him down because he can hit the three. But again, you come out on him, he'll go inside, yeah. and he'll make the pass. And um, and Porzingis was great yesterday. That was one of his best games, clearly, as a Mavin. And Tim Hardaway was great as well. So if those guys, those uh, secondary guys around Doncic are performing well, then the Mavs are, are very, very imposing. What do you make of Luka kicking his leg out on threes all the time? The guy plays closer to James Harden than anybody else in the league. 
He does it. He does it. Not all the time, but he does do it. Um, but again, so it's a weird one, that one, because sometimes you see rest call out an offensive foul. Other times, the exact same thing happens, and they'll call it as a as a defensive, defensive foul. foul. Yeah. So it's it's one of those grey areas. But uh, I mean, he's working the rules, and, and definitely the, like the uh, the connection there to James Harden with the step back and the three and the daggers, it's there. It's going to be a point of education next year for the refs to take away that to, to watch players and not give them the foul call because James Harden is getting it a lot. And yeah, Luca's. I, I think if. Uh, I don't know. Luca. Luca is definitely a darling of the NBA right now. But if if he was not, you would just say, "Oh, he plays like James Harden." He, there is so much similarity For between sure. him and James Harden's game. I hate the kickout. It's happening a lot, and it's it, it's coincided with this this. Uh, phase for the NBA referees to protect the shooter and not step not have yeah. guys step under them you know after a couple of years ago 2017 you had Zaza stepping under Kawhi Leonard so that's a point of education now it's it's swung the pendulum has swung the other way now now it's just yeah just keep giving these guys three shots for <laughs> kicking out their foot like we talked about it on Saturday night there was a play on Friday night where James Harden kicked his foot out his toe got clipped by Patrick Beverly and so Patrick Beverly hits the deck, and because Paul George is right there, Paul George hits the deck, and it looks like two guys took out James Harden. <laughs> yeah. But it really, it was, just a, it was just James Harden toenail got flicked because he <laughs> kicks it out an extra three feet. And not to bitch about James Harden, he should get every call that he, sh- he should warrant, and he's going to do that. But I, I hate the kick out. It's annoying. It, it is really annoying, and three shots is also annoying. Yeah, well, that's a yeah, that's a whole other uh, discussion there. The the great article that John Hollinger wrote mm-hmm. for the Athletic about whether or not you should just get rid of that. Um, the idea of of three free throws uh, on a three point foul attempt. It's an interesting one. We can talk about that later. But all right, so Luca though, no brainer. He's the he's must watch television. He is. He is absolutely must watch. For you, he, it's like uh, it's Luca and Jokic. You're, yes, yeah, man, you were blasting so many videos last night of <laughs> Jokic. <laughs> I've noticed the last couple of games he's looked far more engaged. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. you're not wrong. He's uh, still needs to work on his shape a little, but uh, he's definitely more energetic, more focused, yeah. and and the and the the joy uh, seems to be back. Exactly, a little bit. the Nuggets are winning. They're, they're um they've still got a lot of improvement to do, I think, but they're winning these games and they're sort of banking a few wins until they uh, start playing well. But Jokic is just <laughs> that ga- that shot to end the second quarter last night. I don't know if you. Saw it, yep. but you know, it bounced Saw it off on the your rim. Twitter feed. He just sort of taps it to himself and then flicks it with his left hand and then just sort of walks off. Like, yeah, cool, that was sweet. It was just, was I, sla- I slacked Lee as yeah. soon as it happened because we were talking about something else. Yep. Yeah, and I said, You gonna go grab that? He goes, Oh, yeah, <laughs> got it, <laughs> done. It was already posted, posted, yes, uh, clip, yeah. good, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, a couple other little sort of mini winners here, if you want to call them that. Utah Jazz, um, they had a good weekend. They went 2-0. and They beat the Warriors and the Pelicans, so, you know, subpar competition, I get that. But maybe playing those teams uh, that are not the greatest helped unlock their offense a little bit here um, because they scored 113 on Friday versus the Warriors. They shot nearly 51% from the floor as a team. They hit 14 threes. That's good. Then, in a back-to-back situation, they dropped 128 on the Pelicans, 51.2% from the floor, and 15 threes. So that offense, we've talked about it with the Jazz before. The defense, it's number one in the league. It's always going to be number one in the league. One of those games without Rudy Gobert, by the way. Mm. But it's going to be number one in the league or top three when Rudy is out there. That's just the way it is. He's that important on that end of the floor. Get a little offense with that team. They're, they're dangerous. They really are. So maybe that gets them going. And Donovan Mitchell, he averaged 33.5 points per game over the weekend. I didn't realize how sort of sneaky good of a season he's actually having here. Um, I, I, I don't know why, maybe just because all these other things we've been talking about, the Luka and the Hardens and the Giannis's and all that. He's averaging 26, 6, and 4 with shooting splits that are basically, I'm rounding up here in a few instances, but 45 from the floor, 39 from 3, and 83 from the free throw line. Really, really solid numbers for That's like guaranteed MVP talk 10 years ago. I know. Nobody cares right now. And he's, okay, so maybe a part of it, he sprinkles in those odd, like, sort of really off shooting nights mm. that sort of jump off the page. But, it's, I mean, Harden does it too every once in a while. But, like, the 9 of 24s and the, the 5 of 23s, and you're like, uh, ugh. But those are amazing, consistent numbers, especially the efficiency. Um, yeah, so the streakiness is good. the thing to me. You yeah. see him play the Timberwolves twice last week, and in the fir- fourth quarter of the first Timberwolves game, the Timberwolves won, and Mitchell could not score a basket. And then 
a couple of nights later, they play him again. Fourth quarter, it's a close game. Mitchell and Conley are both on fire. So he's a streaky guy. If he's playing well, they're going to be a really tough out. Yeah, that's absolutely. Now, one worry with the Jazz, both of these games over the weekend, they build these massive leads. And they let they let the other team back into it. And I saw, um, I forget who it was, so I apologize. But I saw this stat that 10 of the Jazz's 16 games thus far have seen them relinquish most or all of leads of at least seven points. Now, these ones over the weekend were like 20-plus points they were up and let the other team sort of get back to make it like a couple of possession games. But, you know, they're... That sucks, but at the same time, you're like, you also were building awesome leads, mm. so that's good. You just sort of got to have that. They maybe just stop like, scoring yeah, for that, yeah. big chunks at a time. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's the streakiness of Mitchell. He takes a lot of really hard shots. Sometimes he's able to make them at a good rate. I thought he had um, one of the highlights of the weekend, too, that dunk on the oop. That mm. he oh, yeah. the pool. That was that was awesome. And another little mini winner to the Jazz for the uh, the mountain throwbacks and the floor. Mitchell coming in with the uh, be me. Mitchell be coming me. in with the uh, mailbox, yeah, 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 like he was Carl Malone was very very funny. Mm, mm. Not a fan of it. Not a fan of the jazz throwbacks. Not a fan of Carl Malone. Not a fan <laughs> of Carl Malone's signature dunk. But the floor looked nice. Yeah. Floor did look. The nice. floor looked nice. It pops. But I remember I remember those jerseys. Yeah. I remember thinking these are terrible jerseys. These are ugly. Why do you have these? And now they're back, so they're cool. I do love the the one logo they have, like in the snowflake. Mm. I think that's such a cool. I think it was sort of like I remember that around the All Star Weekend that they had in Salt sure, Lake yeah, City yeah. way back. In the day. I just love that little logo that they do. Um, and then finally, Joe Harris, winner of the weekend for inbounding the ball oh. off of Wayne Ellington's <laughs> back just to. Uh, you know, get the seal to win. There was like 0.4 seconds left. Now, apparently I think it was Spencer Dinwiddie's idea. Um, It it appeared that he had been like telling them in the, (laughs) in the huddle, like, Hey, there's 0.4. We got to inbound. The only thing they can do is somehow get a steal and and chuck it up, obviously from, you know, 70 feet, but just chuck it off somebody's back. Game will end. I was actually amazed. Well, Wayne Ellington, it hits his back and he, he turns around and catches it in one motion. But, time was done so anyway a little it feels like whenever we see that sort of throwing off the back it works for whichever team's trying to do it you know if they're trying to get a score yeah, yeah. or in this case they're trying to do it. it only happens a couple of times a year it's like hey they did it and it worked it's great yeah teams should do it more often you have to throw it i mean you gotta have a little touch though yeah. joe harris had a little touch to it you can't just rifle it off <laughs> no. his back otherwise it's gonna go right out of bounds and they might get a chance uh well, i guess they wouldn't get a chance never mind yeah you yeah. would still have the ball <laughs> Just rifle. Unless it rifled off his back and hit you while you were staying out of bounds. <laughs> yeah. Then you'd be in trouble. So anyway, Joe Harris and, uh, and the Nets there. All right, let's get to losers of the weekend. But first, my man Lee's hungry. You know how it is, dudes. After a long day at work, you get home, take your dax off and hit the couch. You think everything is sweet and then bang, the hunger hits. But you can't be bothered getting up and making dinner. Enter DoorDash, restaurant quality food with a living room dress code. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada. Canada! Order from your local go-tos to choose from your favourite joints like Siam Thai, Sweet Seed, Kale Me Crazy, or my favourite, Arden's Garden. (laughs) Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NODUNKS. I did it and it worked. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code NODUNKS. Don't forget... That's promo code NODUNKS for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. What are you ordering from Arden's Garden? <laughs> Juices. Yeah, but can you get a meal? Yeah, you can get I like I guess they a, do have like yeah, little salads yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right, but you, you can DoorDash a juice. Yeah, we'll make it. They'll bring it. You want to get a ginger shot? Oh, I've done it. <laughs> DoorDash a ginger shot <laughs> with your Dax up? You're crazy. <laughs> Why are you so surprised that it's in Canada? Yeah, it's just the way first they world say, country, fifty states, and Canada. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of Canada, kids? But not in Bowmanville. No chance, right, JD? Oh, they definitely have it here. Oh man, the door, door dash. It wouldn't be a dash. JD, It'd be like a. Yeah, I mean, you never have your Dax on in the first place, so you're just uh, sitting around. You can just door dash anything you want. I'm not sure what Dax are, to be honest. <laughs> Pants? I believe they're what that Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan is yeah, now exactly. wearing for one exactly. day. Yeah. I just can't believe in Canada you can get food delivered to your igloo. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. It is insane. Yeah. All right, losers of the <laughs> NBA weekend. Uh, who wants to get us started? I got to start with the Houston Rockets. Friday night, they play the Clippers. They play a really good game. Goes down to the wire. Russell Westbrook has a shot at tying the game with a three-point shot. The Clippers, as time is ticking down, they go guard James Harden. They leave Russell Westbrook so open. They do not care to guard him. He comes up 
way short on the three-point shot. He goes to the bench, and Patrick Beverly is mocking his form from the Clippers bench, just, just mocking the hell out of Russell Westbrook's form. And Russell Westbrook, I mean, what is there to say? What is there to say? His form is not there quite yet. It's Will it ever be? Who knows? Uh, but that was... That was that was real, man. That was uh, their their beef is real, <laughs> and, and that uh, is. You hate that, to see someone's form mocked <laughs> so vociferously. No doubt, no doubt. You it was like that clip of uh, was it a fan mocking uh, Joaquin Noah's yeah. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. free throw routine or shooting? Routine? I mean, Russell, not to do uh, body language doctor, but he looked a little sad on the bench <laughs> while he was getting mocked on the other side. And then on on Sunday they come out the, the Rockets do and they lose to the Mavs and, and Luka Doncic there. <sighs> They can't turn it on and turn it off again. This this Rockets team is just like, hey, we're going into chill mode. And I, I was trying to sell them as a contender to everybody who would mm-hmm. listen, uh, thinking that, look, they're, they're not that different than the team that went to the Western Conference Finals two years ago. Uh, but, you know, the, the argument always on the other side is, oh, their defense. Their defense isn't good enough. Chris Paul being subbed out for Russell Westbrook is a huge drop-off. And that's 100% true. And... Um, you just feel like they're going to do something dumb come the postseason where they don't really rely on their defense properly. They, you know, they just, they're just deciding like, okay, you know, we'll turn it on, we'll turn it off, we'll turn it on, turn it off. They're just not – they're an erratic team, and that's the way it looked this weekend as well. Lee, you were, you were saying that early in the season when we were trying to even convince you to put the Rockets into your uh, championship contending group. Yeah. You refused. You did refuse. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's sustainable for, for what they do again um, as far as relying on Harden to carry them so much. And Westbrook, he's got to get out of these sort of little beefs, I think, and just focus a bit more on the game. I know he's an emotional guy, he's a passionate guy, and Beverly's his, his arch enemy out yeah. there. But uh, it, it, he, if he can get away from that and go out there and be what's great about Westbrook, running into the lane, you know, scoring high percentage looks, I think that is better for him rather than – because last year in the playoffs against the, the Blazers too, they kind of baited him and said, shoot. And they're like, okay, I will. And he missed and they lost. <laughs> I mean, it's, again, it's not entirely his fault, of no, course, no. But, but he gets into these little, you know, sort of pissing contests, if oh, you yeah. like. I remember that time when, uh, like, Ricky Rubio had a great game, so the next game he just stood next to Rubio the whole time and everybody else went off, but Westbrook shut down Rubio. He definitely gets uh, distracted. Yeah. With these kind of things. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he it, it sort of does affect his team. But, look, that was actually a great game too, Friday night, Clippers yeah. and, uh, and Rockets oh, yeah. again. So, but, uh, yeah, I just I, – I, and they're wasting an incredible season by uh, Clint Capella right now. Statistically, he's putting up uh, great numbers. But you're just seeing it sort of like if, if, if they concede 130-odd points, even with that great offense, it's just hard for the Rockets to, to feel there's any substance behind what they do because they can't stop anybody. Yeah, three straight losses. On the road to Denver, on the road to the Clippers, and then Dallas there on the weekend. Yeah, yeah just not consistent. Good teams. Just not consistent. They get, see, I, you know, I was buying them as a contender somewhat because, again, they got to the conference finals with a defense that was good enough to get there. Yeah. And I'm not so worried about the, the offensive no, end. No. But, um, you know, when Russell Westbrook isn't committed to getting into his defender and he's kind of committed and he kind of just watches his defender and doesn't get, it doesn't get into him and, and is just ready to gamble and just kind of watches five guys play offense. <laughs> and, and then he's ready to, of course, jump in a passing lane, grab a defensive rebound. But that's not defense. And you got him and James Harden on the perimeter. It's, it doesn't start well most of the time. Lee, who do you have? Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, only one game this weekend, but notable for a couple of reasons, I thought. Uh, first off, it was a home game against the Phoenix Suns, a uh, team that you think, okay, Suns, both teams have been kind of a bit of a surprise here. They should be able to beat them. Weren't able to do that. Both teams were a little shorthanded, to be fair, but yeah. still, the, the Wolves had their best players going. That was the early start game, too, yes. wasn't it? Yes, uh, and and what, what I think is notable about this game is Carl Anthony Towns had another very strong game. But he's starting to look a little bit frustrated at times out on the court. And I think this is a, an important moment here for the Wolves to make sure that Towns doesn't become a bit like Anthony Davis there in New Orleans where he just gets – they start off well, he's putting up numbers, but he's just not getting enough support and they just sort of drift along through the season. Again, not making any real progress but not being bad enough that they get you know, a high draft pick either because 37 and 17 for him. And they lose at home. They're, and they're not winning at home, which is, which is important. They're three and six at home. They're okay on the road. Yeah. But, um, you know, you, you feel that if your team is a real contender, they have to sort of be a pretty dominant team at home, which they're not. Now, they've still got time to turn it around. 
They're uh, eight, they're eight, neat. Eight, neat. But remember, they were three and zero, and it was like Towns came out of the blocks looking really, really good. And Wiggins was good. Now he's he's returned from. Uh, he had some time away from the team. He's been fine, um, but I, I just I'm a little worried here that for the Wolves that. Uh, Towns is going to get to the point where he's like, all right, I need to change of scenery because he's great. He's great. But um, there's just not enough support. They can't shoot three-pointers. They're they're 11th in makes, but they're 29th in three-point percentage. So teams can double Towns with not really worried about the threat that other guys are going to light them up from outside. And, uh, and, and so that makes it a problem because then Towns is going to do all the heavy lifting to try to score. And if he kicks it out and guys aren't hitting shots, then they're, they're sort of playing catch-up. So, How's the weather on Wiggins Island is the question. If he was playing well, then they probably get that win. Yeah. I mean, he didn't – yeah, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't a brutal game. It was, no, not, either, it was but, not brutal. You know, like Bates Diop is shooting 10 three-pointers. I mean, it goes to what you're speaking about. I think I'm going to live with that. <laughs> Ten threes he's putting up. Yeah, he yeah. had three of them. It's thirty percent. But they've, they've missed rotation guys, yeah. which is important to them. Mm-hmm. They've missed depth guys. But and that you know, I, I do think the Suns are going to sort of continue to come back to earth a little bit. They're eight and eight as well. But that could be an important game in terms of like a tiebreaker situation. I mean, the Wolves and Suns could be a team that are is vying for the eight seed. Let's well, say they both should be. Yeah, you know, they both should be. So, um, so it's a good win. Yeah, good a, win a good Suns. win for Phoenix on the road for sure. But um, I, I'm just looking at this more a sort of bigger picture okay. for Minnesota. Okay, interesting. Trey, who you got for a loser of the weekend? Hate to do it. I'm wearing a Hawks sweatshirt, but the Hawks are mm. losers of the <laughs> weekend. Lost on Friday to Detroit by 25. Oh, that was mm. yeah, that, that was one brutal. That one really hurts. The the Hawks have had a pretty tough schedule lately. They had the Lakers and Clippers. They had their huge West Coast road trip. You got to at least have a chance against the Pistons. To lose that by 25 is bad. Followed up by Saturday. Lost to the Raptors at home at the Fortress. They played tough. Yep. They, they played a great game. Entertaining um, game. It was a fun game. Still took the loss, though. They're down now to 4-12 and because that's six straight losses for the Hawks. They actually play the Timberwolves tonight. That's a huge game for the Hawks. Huge game. For the Timberwolves, you can just tell that missing John Collins, the Hawks do. They just need somebody else out there. So him going out when he went out, kind of the perfectly wrong time for the yeah. Hawks. Uh, and nobody was taking it harder uh, than the guys sitting behind us <laughs> on Saturday at the Fortress. Uh, I don't know. About a couple of like uh, four, maybe later 40s guys. Yep. Yeah, maybe early 50s. Coaching. Yeah. Coaching from 15 rows up. Slow it down. Take some air out of the ball. Get a good shot, Trey. Come on, Trey. <laughs> if I was coaching those guys, they'd be on the bench. Shot like that in middle school, get you pulled. <laughs> but then they were actually a little bit smart in the second half. Things were getting close. The Hawks were making a mad dash in yeah. the fourth quarter late. Uh, the last minute, press, press, <laughs> diamond press. Yeah, diamond, I was calling for a diamond, diamond in one press. press. made me die laughing. But here's the thing. The Hawks came out with a diamond press and got a steal. <laughs> I, I was like, maybe we should have brought these guys down courtside for the entire game they know what's up uh, uh tough loss for, for those dudes tough for the hawks but we had a good time yeah, yeah. they also uh, were upset with vince carter when he fouled uh, <laughs> because they were down three with less than 24 seconds to go and vince fouled to stop the clock yeah Ah, oh, Vince, you old bag. You know, it was something like that, talking, criticizing for his age. It's like, what do you want him to do? Uh, wasn't, wasn't there, there was like 24.9 <laughs> seconds on yeah, the game second, clock. Yeah. It's like, what do you really want yeah, to happen yeah, here? I mean, yeah. I guess you could argue, like, maybe try and steal the ball. Yeah. Like, like put a little pressure. I'll get the diamond press going again. And, <laughs> and maybe you cough up, uh, or maybe the Raptors cough it up. But uh, those guys were amazing. Yeah. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. <laughs> guys coaching from the stands. There, there was one guy, I think they, they suggested a press at the end of the second quarter press press and then it was the other guys like hey they're NBA players they're gonna break a press yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no big yeah, deal yeah. So had, reverse, easy yeah oh, that was good amazing uh, i got some losers here for you guys some quick ones too rondo giving rondo a loser of the weekend just friday night no kc he need uh dennis Schroeder in the groin right in the hibberts while trying to sort of establish position like to, yeah. <laughs> posting up in a weird way to maybe throw it over the top because lebron was bringing it up but he definitely popped his leg up, and he caught him in the groin. The, the refs looked at the replay. R- Rondo was assessed a flagrant foul to and ejected. Rondo was not happy. He did not take it in stride. Really? Uh, yeah, he was genuinely shocked, I think. He had a few choice words for the officials on his way out, especially pretty boy Ed Malloy. Um, and then on Saturday, the NBA fined him $35,000 for unsportsmanlike physical contact, verbal abuse of a game official, and failing to leave the court in a timely matter upon his ejection. That's the trifecta. That's the Rondo trifecta right there. Rondo, man, never never done anything wrong. Denied that he said those things to uh, Billy Kennedy. Uh, denied that he quit on his team in Dallas. 
he every every time he's been uh, denied, he pushed a referee when he clearly pushed a referee. I mean, just uh, yeah, just, just I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I think I he, I think he was moment. like he was. I think genuinely shocked that he was getting tossed for that. Mm. He, you know, he's like again. I'm trying to sort of just establish position, and I bring my leg up, and he does. There, there's no doubt about it. The replay shows he brings his leg, leg up. Mm. Now he's, I think, maybe saying I wasn't maliciously or trying to do that. I'm just oh, like, like he wasn't maliciously trying well, to throw know, the ball at a ref. I just think he can't believe he got tossed. But anyway, yeah. so Rondo didn't get suspended or anything. So just some, cost him some money. Um, loser of the weekend to Kyrie Irving's shoulder for crapping on one of the most anticipated <laughs> games of the regular season. The Nets announced on Friday night Kyrie, you know, is not going to play in Brooklyn's first matchup against his former team, the Boston Celtics. Kyrie missed uh, the game against the Knicks already, which the Nets won on Sunday. And then he's going to miss the game against the Cavs. And finally, that one on Wednesday versus the Celtics. That sucks. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Uh, you know, of course, there's the, the conspiracy theorists are going, oh, he planned this a good <laughs> week out. He planned, he saw the schedule. Oh, you know, shoulder's not good. And then, and then this perfectly snowballed into him missing uh, this very anticipated game, and, and guys like Paul Pierce saying that these were going to be the loudest boos you've ever heard from a Celtics crowd. Maybe, I, maybe he I didn't think w- Paul's right. I think it was going to be it was going to be epic. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, maybe he didn't want to share his night with Paul Pierce. Was Paul Pierce getting his, his number retired? Because Kyrie would be getting his number retired. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, so yeah. that's, a that's unfortunate. And that's a one three in a row, though. Feeling good. Well, yeah, they're four and one without Kyrie Irving, yeah, aren't they? Uh, They've ooh. played some pretty yeah. crappy teams. But, you know, yeah. that always that gets people going, oh, I really brought it without him. Trust your boys. Trust your boys, Kyrie. They can score. Um, but, you know, they get a quality. Okay, look, if they get a quality uh, win against the Celtics on Wednesday without Kyrie Irving, then I think that, you know, there'll be a little bit more uh, maybe truth to that maybe maybe they are a little bit better but right now yeah the teams are beating okay uh, you, you, they beat them with Kyrie and they beat them without yeah, Kyrie because sure. the terms aren't like great final one I, I'm calling it a loser but I'm really just curious to get your take on it guys Friday night that Rockets Clippers game as we were talking about great game ESPN went to an unusual camera angle for much of the game sort of an elevated moving roving camera above the action looked a lot like a video game um, shout out to uh, NBA Live 95, <laughs> Live 95. Um, people were torn on this. I swear to God, like I asked people on Twitter, you know, what, what does everybody think? And it's Twitter, so of course people are going to disagree. But it really felt like 50% were like, yeah, great, cool, try it out, why not? I liked it. You can see things, blah, blah, blah. And the other 50% were like, horrible, burn it, never use it again. <laughs> what do you guys think? Again, I'm, I'm throwing it just here in losers. I actually don't think it's that bad, but does anybody... Fall one way or the other, winner of the weekend for that camera angle or loser of the weekend? I liked it. I liked it. I think it's an, a nice look. You get to see everything. It feels like it, it's, it's on a zip line, mm. and yeah. there's, there's too much movement. I think you can stop the camera as it gets to the okay. second side. It, mm. it tended to go all the way down to the baseline, then rotate to the side. It rotates, sort of swing back. Yeah. There's just too, move. so there's you, too much movement. Just stop. Yeah. We're seeing everything. I, you don't need to get cute with the movement. There's just too much camera movement. But the angle was good. We were sitting up. Uh, I, I think it's a, a, a decent comparison. When we were at the game on Saturday, we were up on the baseline, up about 20 rows, sort of in the corner. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's obviously not centered, but the angle was similar in that you could see everything on the floor. Right. I didn't mind. The, you see everything. It's not. There's nothing wrong with this angle. Yeah, I like being able to see the driving lanes, the passing lanes, but like you're saying... The camera moving a lot, I think, is jarring. And going from standard standard angles to this new angle, that's jarring as well. So, I don't know. Maybe if you roll with it for a whole game, people are going to hate it. Mm. But maybe you also get used to it if it's not whipping around all the time. Because yeah. yeah. you definitely see more. You definitely yeah. see more of where the play is happening. Yeah, I guess some people say, do you see more? You're right. You see the floor more. But if you're watching on your, your phone, maybe a, like a tablet... You know, it, it is pulled out quite extreme. It, it, in a way, it does feel like you're almost in the nosebleeds a little bit, and mm. you can't. And I know one of the main complaints was people. I was like, I can't see. I don't really know who's who out there because I'm a little too far away from the mm. action with this camera. Which I make there might be some truth to. Yeah, it was sort of a, a sudden change to that camera. Like if it was a little, maybe more subtle, maybe for just I don't know one or two plays. Just to they, sort of they test went it to out. it quite yeah, a bit, I didn't know. they? Yeah, but I don't mind it. I don't mind it. it's different. Well, here's what a couple people tweeted at me, and again, it goes back and forth, back and forth. Someone said, I felt like I got a way better sense of how fast the players were moving, and you could see the spacing better, too. Now, I will say about that, it did struggle in transition. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fine, I thought, in the half-court sense, but it did struggle to, in a weird way to keep up, I thought, at times. And it's just because of the mechanics of it, I get that. Someone said, it's awful. 
totally changes the depth perception. When will all the networks learn that they have already perfected how to cover basketball games? Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, relax on that one, maybe. Somebody said, loved it. Felt like it drew more attention to spacing and flow. Had a bird's eye view to watch um, each team work as a unit. Yep. And then somebody else said, they tried this years ago in hockey, and it gave me motion sickness. It's not going to stick. There were a lot of people saying, like, it makes me feel sick, this, yeah, this motion There's camera. too much motion, but it doesn't need to move that much. It can stop at center court, and that's why there was a problem with transition because it went all the way down to the baseline. It's like hugging the stanchion. Then you got to turn and follow yeah. all the way. If you just stop it at center court, yeah, you're kind of reinventing the wheel here with for no need. It's totally maybe, yeah, it hasn't been perfected, but it, the main camera just turn it left turn it right, <laughs> turn it left, turn it right, works. And you don't have to go as far as, like, you're in the crowd hugging you know, super fan with this camera. It doesn't have to go that far. It could stop. And I understand the, the depth if you're on a phone, totally. Yeah. That's why they invented mobile view. Uh, it's, this, yeah. this is more <laughs> of an yeah. HD. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is for, uh, for the, the old guys at home yelling at their TV. <laughs> diamond press, diamond <laughs> press. <laughs> right. To see that diamond press in action. <laughs> yeah, you're really good with this one. Yeah, because otherwise it just looks like they're standing in lines. you got to see the diamond from an angle. They're just getting us ready, though, for VR. You know, when we're all wearing it on our headsets, you're not going to be looking at it just from the sideline. You're going to be looking at it like mm. you're part of the game. Mm. Tass, I know you're a big Oculus guy. I've been Oculized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is this what VR is like? I don't know. Um, it's a good question. The movement no. aspect, a little bit, I guess, right? Well, you. the thing is, this is moving for you. Like Trey yeah. said, if you're in a VR, you're, you're moving your head. You're, yeah, you're, you're the, the camera. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, well, what I saw from the, the NBA VR perspective was you're a courtside seat. Mm-hmm. You're sort of sitting along the foul line extended, and uh, you can see both sides. It's interesting. And for the people that were, like, complaining that it is too high, again, I get it, especially maybe if you're watching on a phone, but... One of my favorite seats in an NBA arena is honestly the first row of an upper deck. Mm. It's a great seat. I mean, you know, obviously somewhat in the middle if you can be, but it is a cool view of the whole court. And to see if you're, you know, really getting into the X's and O's, like what teams are running and, and where guys are on the floor and stuff like that. It, it's, it, you can just see it better than if you're fifth row baseline, mm-hmm. where, you know, at, at times you could struggle to see, see some of the action. Those are hot seats. I'm always looking on the game time after the first seats, right? row upper bowl. They're, they're, yeah. They really truly are in, we, in we most al- arenas. We always tried to upgrade from, yeah. uh, from our seats in the, uh, the section right behind it to get to those seats in the Air Canada Center. Could never get it. They're yeah. a hot, hot ticket. Hot ticket. Um, but let's hear from you guys. Tweet at us, at No Dunks Inc. Um, continue to let us know what you thought of that. Other people said it should have just been used for replays. People were oh, like, yeah. I don't mind it, but yeah. maybe like, don't do the live action with that's it. That's not a bad way of introducing it. Introducing it, it. That's, yeah. a, that's true. I mean, it felt like ESPN really just sort of like, all right, we're going all in on this. And they, you know, they got, some people hated it, some people liked it. All right, let's get well, to... Let me, uh, let, me, no. let me jump in oh, really quick. Oh, you guys, my bad. Yeah, yeah. The Kangs, the Sacramento Kangs. Not so much for their play on the floor. Things are, are improving with the Sacramento Kings. They started 1-5. They're back to 7-8. and eight. They got Bogdan Bogdanovich back on Sunday. Very important for them. But off the floor, there was a report about the 2018 draft. Oh, no, don't do this. Yeah. This is fake news, man. Is it? This is fake news. That's why, Grant, why, that's so? why Grant Napier was tweeting. He was saying that this is complete. You're, I mean, I'll let you explain what the story yeah, is. Yeah, 2018 <laughs> draft where Luka Doncic was drafted third behind DeAndre Ayton of the Phoenix Suns and Marvin Bagley, who went to the Sacramento Kings. Now, rumor has it that Vladi Divac, general manager of the Sacramento Kings, in part didn't pick Luca because he didn't like his dad. He knows his dad from from Europe. He's, a, I believe, Luca's dad's a coach, <laughs> a coach and a former player as well in Europe. And in part, not saying not the, the the article from ESPN. Well, it's Tim McMahon, I wasn't right? Tim, it's Tim McMahon of ESPN yeah. in a podcast mentioned that he didn't like Luca's dad. And that, in part, was why he didn't take him. Yeah. That's it. So I saw, you know, the uh, the voice of the Kings, Grant Napier. He was tweeting about this because people were asking him. He said, file this under the headline of irresponsible, embarrassing reporting. Mm. Uh, this is, quote, Napier here on Twitter, 100% untrue. Someone said, why? How do you know that? He said, because <laughs> I was with Vlade today and Luca's dad called. They were laughing about it the report, and talking about how stupid it was. That's how I know drops Grant Napier. That's how I know. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Okay, well. I mean, I mean God, congratulations I would... then to the Kings for thinking that Marvin Bagley is better. better. Is that a better <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and, no, uh, we missed for basketball reasons. 
and that's the like that sort of does get tied up in this. It's like it, you're right. It's almost like it's a better excuse anyway. If you're like, well, we had De'Aaron Fox, we felt like we wanted the ball in his hands, and maybe another sort of point guard player doesn't work that well. Mm-hmm. You can still say that's stupid, and you should just take the best talent. Blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. But that's a reason. This is if if true from Danny Man. This would be very strange. I don't like your dad. <laughs> not a fan of your dad. Therefore, we're not drafting you. Well, LeBron said, well, it's reported that LeBron didn't sign with the Knicks because they were rude to his mum. Remember at one point? So, hey. Family's important. Exactly. Be nice to parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the Night tonight will be presented by Lee Ellis yeah. because he sent me a, he sent me a late night text <laughs> oh, and said oh, of course and said hey 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 if you don't have a tweet Magic Johnson tweeted and I can do that one so Lee take her away oh, thank boy. you Tess yeah I mean look one of the reasons Magic quit as Lakers president was so he could tweet more great um, but one of the reasons uh, one of the things Magic used to tweet every season if you remember was his MVP candidates yep a couple of years ago he had Hassan Whiteside in there as an MVP yeah, candidate right. but because he's been the president for the last two seasons prior to this season he hasn't really been able to do that because he gets fined by the NBA but he's no longer president we're a month into the season so Magic was beautifully back on Sunday night when he tweeted this my top 16 MVP (laughs) candidates in order number one LeBron James number two A Giannis Antetokounmpo two B Luka Doncic number three James Harden number four Kawhi Leonard Number five, Anthony Davis. Number six, Nikola Jokic. <laughs> Number seven, Joel Embiid. Number eight, Jason Tatum. Number nine, Pascal Siakam. Number 10, Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Number 11, Ben Simmons. Number 12, Kyrie Irving. Now, that's actually when the tweet ends. Yeah. So Magic must have run out of characters. Yeah, so he said 16. Yeah. He listed 13 guys, <laughs> yeah. 12 <laughs> slots. He couldn't even decide in the, in the runner-up position. He had to have them neck and neck. So he had to make them both two. Yeah, but he did have a second tweet. So did he? Oh, he did? Yeah, oh, number 13, the, Damian oh. Lillard. Number 14, Carl oh. Anthony Towns. This is amazing. Number 15, Bradley Beal. Number 16, Devin Booker. Why? I mean, there are so many questions I have about this. <laughs> Like, why 16, I guess I'll start with. Why? <laughs> That's his table size. We're yeah. away, we, we never know how many are at the table. Magic's like, yep. he's got 16, 16, but he's actually got yeah, 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to pull a chair up, put it on the end. Somebody's got to sit in that crappy spot. And everybody's going to be like, their elbows are hitting. They're like, why don't we get a bigger table? I don't know. Magic said 16, but he's putting 17 in here. Lee, what were you thinking when you first saw this tweet? Because this like seems like it's birthed from somewhere deep inside of you into Magic's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I honestly thought it was a fake one, one of those um, yeah. ma- magic tweet things, because it's like you see those from time to time where he'll, he'll say, you know, some crazy tweet, but it's a fake account. And then I looked at it and I was like, no, Irvin Magic Johnson. Well, because we had been disappointed. Yeah. You know, he leaves his amazing job with the Lakers to tweet more. <laughs> And then, you know, he hadn't really been bringing it. Yeah. Really special with the basketball tweets. Yeah, I mean... Just him and Cookie taking <laughs> photos with everybody. He, he also had a tweet. I'm just going to read this one quickly a day earlier. So many of my friends and Hall of Famers were there like Warren Moon, Dick Butkus, Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson, Brian Erlacher, Mike Ditka, Bo Jackson, and Andre, oh Dawson, my God. And Andre Dawson, just to name a few. <laughs> it's incredible. Bo played two sports, so maybe that's why he listed him twice. Uh, <laughs> well, magic is back, baby. Well, <laughs> what event was that? That was uh, some sort of... Uh, uh, NFL or something? Oh, what was it? Uh, yeah. He was in the Chicago Sports Spectacular. Or uh, something. So okay, it's a yeah. Chicago yeah. Sports yeah. Chicago guys, you're naming. No Ryan Sandberg in there. Yeah. Huh. Snubbed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great to have Magic back. Great to have uh, Magic as Tweet of the Night winner. Hopefully there will be more throughout the season. All right. Let's get to the pick and results from Friday night presented by Cash App. This segment is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, like paying up when you lose a bet that Cash App would stop creating ridiculous scripts for us to read. Oh, damn it. Cash App, Cash App, Raphael Haruhu, Cash App, Cash App, Meow Meow, Cash App, Cash App, Littering, and Cash App, Cash App, Cash App, Littering, and Cash App, what? What? 
Cash App also has investing. For as little as $1, you can buy stocks that are worth hundreds, if not thousands of dollars per share. For example, if No Dunks was a public company worth $1,000 uh, per share, wow, you could buy into them with $20, and you'll probably be able to force Skeets to finally change his Twitter profile picture, which currently resembles something out of a 90s middle school photo day. Wow. <laughs> hell, who the hell is working they're, at Cash App? They like, want to be a comedian. <laughs> yes, ca- yes, people. Cash App roasts from coast to coast, melting <laughs> hosts like butter on toast. Cash All right. App. Oh, oh, my goodness. Nice. All right, they saved themselves with that. And, of course, everyone's been asking for it. Our favorite legal disclosure jingle. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App, investing a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. We are also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you instantly receive $10, but Cash App will also donate $10 to the ACLU, an amazing organization that defends and preserves rights and liberties for every person in the United States. Don't forget, no dunks, one word, when you download Cash App from the App Store slash Google Play Store today. Cash App, getting mad creative with yeah. this. <laughs> You're not a fan, AJ. I'm getting a real dance monkey vibe from this, you know? <laughs> well, you dance beautifully, JD. I gotta, I gotta correct you on one thing, though, JD. Go Raptors on. legend. Rafael Arujo. Yeah, I think they've just put that in there to screw me up. <laughs> just, just to mess with you. Well, well done. Well done. All right, Friday night's results. Uh, Spurs, Sixers was our game. Philly was favored by seven and a half. The Spurs were obviously on their losing streak at that point, and they lost this one and did not cover. Philly got the win. That was a W for Trey and I. We had Philly winning by eight or more points. Tass and Lee thought the Spurs could keep it close enough, but that was incorrect, unfortunately. So here's our record for the month of November. We're running out of time here in November, guys. I'm 10 and 6, Trey 9 and 7, Lee 8 and 8, Tass 6 and 10. Mm-hmm. 6 and 10, two games back from Lee. And like I said, running out of games here. Got to get one tonight, Tass. What's the game? Bringing up the boost. Like, uh, boost here. Um, <laughs> check my boost. Dick yeah, boot, I'm going. B- dick bootkiss. <laughs> I'm going to be licking somebody's booskiss at the end of this month. It seems like. Going to go back to that Spurs. Well, they're hosting the Los Angeles oh. Lakers tonight. Okay. The Lakers are favored, obviously, by five and a half in this one. Hmm. What do you do? The Spurs got off the Shania there. They got a W on Saturday night, so they're they're back. Back. Sort of. The Lakers keep winning close games, too. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. They've uh, played once already, haven't they? In San Antonio? That's tough. That is yeah, a tough Yeah, the San Antonio lost by seven at home to the Lakers earlier this season. All right. Three games and four nights for both teams. All three on the road for the Lakers, but they have one of the top 16 to 17 MVP candidates in the league, <laughs> <laughs> and they score a lot of points inside. The, the Spurs give up a lot of points inside. I'll go with the Lakers. Yeah, you'd think the yeah, Spurs yeah. would get decimated, right? You would think so, but that is why I'm taking the Spurs. Yeah. Something, Something's odd about this to me. I just got a weird little feeling about it. Give me the Spurs. I can't believe I'm saying that, so Spurs plus five and a half. I think I'm taking the Lakers. Okay. Yeah. You think or you like? Six lost? points. Sure. All right, Lakers by yeah. six. I'll take the Spurs. I was going to yeah. take the Spurs anyways. There you it go. Makes sense. Five and a half. Yeah, they could get blown up by 20. We will see. Good luck to everybody. That's it for us today here, guys. Don't forget to check out the other shows on the Athletic Podcast Network. Count the dings, back-to-back, tampering, all the classics. Plus, there's over a dozen team-specific shows featuring a number of athletic reporters. Really, really great content. If you're not a member of The Athletic, get in the game and get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus the best sports writing in the world. Get 40% off your subscription today. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. As I said near the top of the show, we're going to drop another little bonus podcast later today where we're just going to dissect the NBA's proposed schedule changes. I'm this obviously, one's for the skedheads. Obviously talking <laughs> about you know the uh, mid-season tournament idea, play-in games for the playoffs idea, 
reseeding the conference finals. A lot to unpack. So we'll get to that later today. Um, keep your eyes and your ears on the No Dunks podcast feed. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Magic Johnson should tweet more. Embrace the day, people. You could stay, ooh, every day.